today we'll be covering minute 20, uh, which goes from 19 to 1959 on the clock. In this minute, uh, we are at an ad board hearing. Uh, we pan up from um, from uh, Mark Zuckerberg's flip-flops, um, a, a trademark, and his trademark hoodie he's wearing in this scene as well. Uh, obviously, these 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 will become more well known as the film goes on, um, and we get a little bit of the back and forth uh, that shows that finds its way into the trailer with the you know uh, I believe I deserve some recognition. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't understand, <laughs> like that little bit of back and forth. Uh, and we finish as the the kind of head of security, Mr. Cox, I believe, turns and he just says, Mr. Zuckerberg. And in the next minute, we'll talk about how he describes his position and, you know, kind of all the, you know, all the stuff. And Mark Zuckerberg, of course, finishes the scene with a, a pithy one-liner. But that is for Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is for next week. That is not this week. Uh, you know, today we are talking about the start of a, a minute that I'm going to call a lot of, uh, it, there's a lot of kind of like detail and it's kind of just filling us in on, you know, what happened after Face Mash. And joining me to talk about today is Niall McGann. Hello, Niall. Hey, hey there. This minute is mostly kind of about, uh, you know, the consequences of uh, the exuberance that we felt uh, <laughs> as Face Mash was being made and as the network was crashed. And, you know, all these people screaming left and right and, you know, the fun of, you know, the whole kind of enterprise. Uh, now we have, you know, the kind of sober, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, consequences of, of what happened afterwards. Uh, some of which is described, you know, is taken directly from the, uh, you know, from the, the Harvard Crimson article uh, where Leila R. Bravo 05, president of uh, Fuerza Latina, which is mentioned in the scene, um, said that, you know, she had heard from a friend about, you know, the, the face mash and, uh, you know, she was outraged. <laughs> she actually says, I was kind of outraged. I thought people should be aware. And, um, you know, also uh, there is the um, the ABHW, which is the Association of Black Harvard Women um, and the Institute of Politics. These were the groups that basically, um, you know, insisted on having apologies from Zuckerberg. And, uh, you know, Zuckerberg sent a letter to all three groups um, and said that he was mainly interested in the computer science behind the venture. <laughs> um, and I, I, I find this quite I find this like apology quite interesting because as it's described in the Crimson, it says, I understood that some parts were still a little sketchy and I wanted some more time to think about whether or not this was really appropriate to release to the Harvard community. Um, and, you know, he talked about how, you know, traffic got out of hand and he, he shut down the site at 1030 um and, and you know obviously in the film it depicts like the whole thing of you know like uh, the entire network kind of crashing but you know that was never anything that happened it merely slowed everything all the way down um and, and it's interesting because in the article um you know the the director of residential computing for faculty and arts and sciences uh computer services uh which is a very long title mm. uh, Kevin F Davis uh, Davis 98 uh, he does not he did not, you know, kind of comment on the website um, and, you know, instead, you know, he, he talked about how, you know, the, uh, you know, s- students may not circumvent security systems or, you know, probe for security holes. So obviously that's something that's important because in the Crimson article, obviously, you know, this guy is saying we don't expect students to be spending their time trying to test the security of, you know, Harvard system. And yet in this minute. That is the thing that, you know, um, Mark Zuckerberg wants credit for mm. is, is, you know, being able to, you know, 
point out uh, some pretty gaping holes in the system. That, that's the, so he wants credit for that. But in the Crimson article, it was it was, you know, it was pretty much said that students shouldn't be spending their time trying to basically break Harvard's computer system to find any flaws. Um, you know, but I, I mean, I think obviously the lines that people remember from this scene are the, you know, I believe I deserve some recognition from this board and kind of Mark Zuckerberg sitting back down in the administrator just going, I'm sorry. And of course the very kind of terse, yes, like that, that little back and forth, which finds its way into the trailer, I think is, you know, is the part that people probably remember from this scene more than anything else. Hmm. I think that was the... I was curious, though, as to the nature of the, the yes. Because she's her saying, like, I'm sorry, and him saying yes. Is that him going, like, yes, you should be sorry? Like, what, <laughs> like what, 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 does he, what, what does he mean by it? Like, is he just like, is he accepting it? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, yes. Okay, then you're sorry. Like, this, like or is he saying yes is kind of like, what, you know, yes? Like a kind of questioning yes? or I always took that to be, like, her saying I'm sorry and him being like, you know, yes, ex- you know, ex- expand on that. Like, mm. what what are you sorry for? Like, <laughs> like, like, what 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 aren't you getting here? And then, of course, when she says, "I don't understand," and he's like, "Which part?" Mm. Like, you know, that 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 little ba- that back and forth. You know, which, like I said, it's it, I think it's in all three trailers. This kind of the yes, I don't understand which part. Like, um, in the trailers, it makes it seem like Zuckerberg is kind of like, you know, um, the whole I don't understand is like well, this person is clearly stupid and, you know, I'm, you know, computer genius Mark Zuckerberg and that's why they don't understand. Yeah. But in the actual scene, it's actually, it's more along the lines of her being like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not quite sure where you're going with this. <laughs> like, 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 you deserve recognition? Like, what for what exactly? Uh-huh. Like, that, that's, that's kind of, that seems to be, but I think his yes is just him being like, you know, an acknowledgement that he's heard what she's just said and he, he wants her to kind of, I think there's a word missing which would be, you know, yes, okay. You like, mm. what are you sorry? What, what are you sorry for? What you know? What's your next question, basically? Yeah, uh, I do have to say though. Um, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't sort of talk about the fact that he has shown up at this. You know, this is, well, you count this as a deposition, or like what? What would you call this? Uh, you know, public uh, telling off that Mark Zuckerberg is going on. It's going through so many of them. Um, I mean, it's it's this is the ad board. That was the ad board. I mean, board, you know, so. it yeah, it's uh, like in an earlier minute they you know they talked about um, straight after they come out of the opening minutes when they go into the first deposition they say you were called in front of the ad board. Mm. So, and so it's but this is this is him being called in front of the ad board. Uh, but the fact um, though he's he's shown up like in the flip flops like and and the hoodie like it's it really indicates a complete disregard for you know some people like particularly too if you're apologetic you want to show up looking presentable where he seems to just sort of slumped in <laughs> just not giving a damn like he's really kind of shown up like oh i have to do this thing uh, and just you know put in the minimal amount of effort to actually present himself to these people uh, and you know the, throughout the entire thing too it has a look of so sort of, you know kind of contempt in his face and it's really it seems to be more like he's just annoyed that he has to be here than anything else um, it also kind of made me think, I, though, well, two Trails of Fathers, like, one, because I hate flip-flops, so I was annoyed to see this <laughs> close-up of them. I was like, oh, god damn it. But then there's a scene later in the movie, though, where um, Justin... Where it's snowing. Sorry? And he run, he There's a scene later in, this, in the movie where it's snowing, and he still has the same flip-flops, and he runs out into the snow in his <laughs> flip-flops. No, I was going to say, there so, is a scene, but maybe I'm misremembering it, but there's a bit where he has to go in for a meeting and... Him and Justin Timberlake are having this, you know, it's during their kind of honeymoon period. 
And he's like, oh, you should just show up in like your bathrobe and stuff like that in your pajamas. And it's just like, yeah, and, that's what he does. Yeah, and Zuckerberg <laughs> has this kind of idea like, oh, that'd be crazy. Oh, well, we're so off off kilter. This is he's borderline doing it here. Like it's showing up in front of this ad board just wearing flip flops and a hoodie. Like that literally could be his pajamas. Like he could have slept in I- those things. Last night. <laughs> I think I think this is more like even when he's on the date he's wearing the hoodie like that 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 obviously is his signature is wearing the hoodie. Uh, I don't I think in real life Zuckerberg doesn't quite do it as much now he's like and now he will occasionally wear a shirt. Um, but I, I I'm sure I remember there was a time where he had um, I think it was when he was doing like an Obama thing with Facebook and he was in a hoodie for that. Um, but that was only like a few months after this film had come out so I think it was like still expected that he would show up in a hoodie flip flops. <laughs> Um, you think though, like so, he wanted you know, to buy that... this film's expectations of him, though he'd be like, "Oh, I better show up in like a friggin' tuxedo on a top hat and stuff." <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the thing is, it just always makes me think of Hank Scorpio wearing a sport jacket with jeans, and you know, he was <laughs> he was the first CEO who did that, and this is this is almost like Mark Zuckerberg is the first CEO who turns up in a hoodie and you know flip flops to to kind of business meetings, um, and, and yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think yeah, it does seem like he's not kind of making the effort, but I think part of that is also down to the fact that obviously, um, you know, Jesse Eisenberg is having to portray this character over the course of like a few years, and I think he's trying in his performance, he's trying to give the younger Mark Zuckerberg a little bit more of an attitude. And, you know, I think the costuming is part of that as well. Like like the, the kind of back and forth and the kind of, you know, the kind of terseness in, in the kind of the yes. Uh, I think that is meant to kind of betray the fact that this is this is meant to be like a 20 year old Mark Zuckerberg. Whereas, you know, by the time we get to the end of the film, I think he's about 25 ish. And, you know, I mean, that doesn't seem like a huge gap, but, you know, most 20 year olds I know are completely different from most 25 year olds. I know <laughs> like there's a there's a cer- like there's a certain level of change that happens, you know, in the, in the kind of early 20s. Um, and and I think that's also what he's trying to get across here with the performance is like the kind of the, the fact that he doesn't really care about this, this like ad board, like, you know, it's kind of below him a little bit. And so I think there's some of that coming into it as well, like, you know, and obviously you know, this was what he wore, you know, like there, there were photographs and there was video of Mark Zuckerberg from, you know, like 2002, 2003. And these were the clothes he wore. Mm. Um, and that was when Mark Zuckerberg, like Mark Zuckerberg obviously didn't see the film when it came out and, you know, steadfastly kind of made a point of not seeing the film and saying it's all fake and it's fiction and all that kind of stuff. And a few years later, he admitted he had seen the film. And when he was asked, you know, what was accurate about it, he literally just said, well, they got my clothes right. And that, that was, and that was pretty much the only thing he gave them um, in terms of like accuracy. Uh, although obviously the depositions are taken verbatim. So there's a lot of accuracy in those depositions, no. but I guess that would be something he wouldn't want to comment on. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so he's like, his clothes are basically the clothes that Mark Zuckerberg was wearing in 2003. Mm. So, um, you know, I think there's a little bit of that as kind of, you know, like, um, it's kind of coming here but yeah he, like this you know this Mark Zuckerberg wears flip-flops pretty much for the entire film <laughs> like aside from his date at the beginning where he, when he walks home you can see he's not wearing flip-flops pretty much every other scene he's in if you can see his feet he's wearing flip-flops he's not you know and this is something obviously that Eduardo will call out you know in a couple of hours time he'll literally yell at it in his face um, about the flip-flops but yeah I, I, I know I, I, the whole thing here is kind of basically factual you know like um, you know, they he violated copyrights. He violated privacy. You know, he he violated the the university policy of distribution of digitized images. Which I don't know the fact that Harvard has got that policy in two thousand and three. I think is 
fairly interesting. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then obviously everything that Mark Zuckerberg says here, you know, the apology to the crim, you know, in the crimson that talks to the ABHW and Fuerza Latina, and you know, all the rest of that, it is literally from you know the article, mm. you know, that, uh, that 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 Zuckerberg did apologize in, um, you know. But I do kind of like the fact that he stands up and gives this very brief speech and then sits back down, and <laughs> then like him sitting down is just like you know. That's it. I'm I'm done talking with you, um, and and I, I kind of like that, you know, like this. I don't know. I think obviously, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is not painted as a very good person in this film, and I think in real life we found out that Mark Zuckerberg is probably not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as much as you can know about Mark Zuckerberg at this particular point in his life. Um, uh, but I, you know, I think in this particular case, I think a lot of a lot of like it's hard for Jesse Eisenberg to kind of. Um, to just not be charming. Mm. And I, I find his performance, you know, kind of very captivating and interesting. And I think some, like this scene is probably a really good example of that, of just like how he kind of just tersely is like, yes. Mm. And just, and just <laughs> like, it, it, like it, everything that, you know, um, Jesse Eisenberg said about like the preparation that he did for kind of, you know, becoming, you know, doing this role. Um, I think a lot of it shows in this scene of like the the kind of the way he addresses people, the way he sits back down, <laughs> the way he's he's like you know, I, you know I deserve some recognition, you know like the the I I just love the the witch part like I because like in the way he portrays it is like I why is this person still kind of talking to me like. Mm. Haven't I made it clear what's going on? <laughs> like, he he feels kind of aggrieved to be in this situation, but then he's kind of, you know because he's had to apologize and all the and he's been called in front of the board. He's kind of like why like I just love the kind of like you know which part like you know why don't you why don't you understand what I'm saying like that kind of you know and that is something that obviously goes throughout the rest of the portrayal of like someone who. Um, you know, almost in every scene is talking at cross purposes with someone about something, <laughs> you know, like there is a lot of scenes later on where Eduardo is explaining stuff and Mark is like not even concentrating on what Eduardo is saying because mm. he's too preoccupied with other things. And I think this is just one more little piece of, of that performance of like, you know, a Mark Zuckerberg who is, um, you know, giving you the minimal amount of, of his attention as it, as it's said in a later scene. What he's saying though, the whole thing, like, I think I deserve some recognition it's like um, I think like if this had been like a, like a fictional cheesier movie, this would have been a scene of like you got spunk, kid. You know, the, the, someone would have come and been like <laughs> like maybe afterwards there would have been a shifty higher up. They could stand in the corner and be like, "Hey, l- let me talk to you for a second here, son. Have you ever been considered, uh, you know, for all this kind of thing?" Like, and then it'd be like war games or something, where it's just like, "Hey, well, you know, you can now come and work for us and stuff." But well, we're like. Um, I mean, funnily enough, what you're describing is the first draft of Goodwill Hunting, <laughs> um, where I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or if any of the listeners are aware of this, but Goodwill Hunting was originally written as a script where a genius mathematician is recruited by the CIA, and you know, the first half of the film was going to be how, like, demonstrating how he is a mathematical genius. And then halfway through, he goes for an interview and it turns out the interview is for the CIA, which you know, in the film, Ben Affleck goes to the interview instead of Matt Damon and deliberately messes the interview up, um, you know. And then, you know, the rest of the film was him using his, you know, his mathematical skills to kill people. Um, <laughs> and that and that was what Gil- Goodwill Hunting was written as. And then on the advice of uh, William Golding, I think, was the person that they sent the script to. They He said, 
forget the second half of the script, just expand the first half of the script. <laughs> because all the stuff, you know, all the stuff that's basically turned it into an action film. He said, one, that's expensive. And two, I've seen it a hundred times before. I don't need to see it yeah, again. Yeah. But the stuff with the, you know, mathematical genius who's got like, you know, emotional issues. I haven't seen that film. Mm. So write that film, not the other one. Uh, I mean, um, there's a trope. So, like if you watch like... Um... Yeah, you know, that TV show Warehouse Thirteen. They have a character who's just like the beginning of the series is like hacks into the system, and all of a sudden, like five episodes, hey, you're hired. You're now our new person in the crew and stuff. <laughs> like, I think they did it with um, it was Brooklyn Nine Nine as well, and they had a whole thing of like, oh, there was a, a a hacker who got into the police system, and then they in like for one episode, it's like this kid, this little sassy kid, is going to be a new character. He's been hired by the Brooklyn Nine Nine now. And then I guess maybe just people didn't like him, so you never saw him again. <laughs> but they were setting up that kind of like you got spunk, kid, which could have happened here. But uh, I guess it kind of kind of does because technically <laughs> the Winkle bosses do approach him. I was like, well, you did do this thing, so yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the the thing is as well is like that is well, not only is that a common trope in film, but that's a thing that just happens in real life. You know, the eighties is littered with stories of hackers breaking into certain, you know kind of security systems and then that alerts like you know the cia or whoever and then they do go you know like the option is one you go to prison and you're never allowed near a computer for the rest of your life or two you come work for us <laughs> and and that and that you know that story's i mean you know you can i mean if you google that if you google hacker works for the cia black hat becomes white hat or whatever you want the search terms to be it's such a common story that it's like, yeah, we get it. There's tons of genius kids who knew how to hack into computers <laughs> and they've all ended up working for the CIA. Like that that's kind of that's like such a common thing. So yeah, there is a I'm sure there is a point of this story where like, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg does end up getting recruited by someone and that's like this this feels like, you know, if this was like an action film, like the next couple of minutes would be the recruitment, you know, because that's where it feels like it's going. But obviously it does turn into that film just in a slightly different way yeah. <laughs> um, in that the recruitment is done by two gigantic, you know, twins and they don't want him to, you know, work for the CIA. They just want him to set up a dating website, um, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of like this a little bit, you know, obviously that the, the part that ends up in the trailers is like, you know, is really, not that, but it's essentially, it's just like a, you know, the way that, that um, Fincher frames stuff, you have Zuckerberg sitting in the middle of the, the frame. And then when it cuts back to the administrator, obviously she's at the end of a really long desk. <laughs> and he never goes to a close-up of her. Like, we never get a close-up of that actress. She's always all the way at the other end of the room. And so when it cuts between her and Zuckerberg, like Zuckerberg's sitting in the center of the frame, but she's all the way down the other end of the room. And so you do kind of get this idea that Zuckerberg is, you know, he's the one who's important. And whoever that person is down the other end of the room, mm. they're not that important <laughs> because if they were important, we get a close up of them. Uh, you know, like we get we get more than a couple of seconds of them just yelling a question from the other end of the room. I, um, I do know that the, this actress though is um, a lady called Pamela Roylance, and uh, yeah. I do like because I just have a thing. If people listen to Batman, if you'll know that I have a love of just like linking everything together. I was like, oh, they just get these little through lines. Uh, mostly just linking things back to Batman, uh, but the because I know that she was also in the East, 
which is a movie with Ellen Page, who starred in uh, yeah. to uh, to Roam with Love with Jesse Eisenberg. So they have that in common. They, you know. <laughs> so maybe the maybe afterwards they're talking like, oh, "Have you met uh, how's, how's Ellen these days?" Like, "Oh, she's doing pretty well, I think." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ellen Page has also starred with um, uh, Thingamajig in Juno. Um, what's his name? I did, I did a whole podcast talking about. His TV show. Oh, Michael Sarah. <laughs> there we go, Michael Sarah. Yeah, so she's she's also starred with Michael Sarah, who some people and I don't know why confused with Jesse Eisenberg. Mm. Um, you know, so she starred with you know people who are confused with Jesse Eisenberg as well as you know Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I saw the East at the cinema. I did like that film. Oh, I really yeah, um, I, the same. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Look, although after watching. Um, the Umbrella Academy recently, like, I'm looking forward to a day when someone just says to Ellen Page, like, you know, you can be, like, happy in movies again. Like, the past ten years, she's just been this miserable, like, color-drained wreck of a person. Like, every time you see her, she's always moping around and stuff. It's like, dude, you, you, for Juno, for Christ's sake, she was a fun character. Okay, you can do that again. I'm like, no, no. Yeah, like, I was going to say, probably the last time she enjoyed herself was in Whip It. Mm-hmm. And that was that was ten years ago. Yeah. Although actually, I did um, see a bit of To Rome with Love quite recently, and it was quite bizarre watching in that movie. She's uh, you know supposed to be like a, a straight woman, and she's talking about uh, trying to convert one of like her gay friends and stuff, and it's just like oh, because she was obviously in the closet at this point. So it's just I wonder how Ellen Page feels about that movie now. <laughs> but um, there's been the you know, though again too with all the various controversies with Woody Allen as well. It's like, oh, well, if she's made any statements on the film in recent years. But I should also mention as well because I can directly. There's a direct uh, uh, link to one of the the Batman films that we'll be covering on Batman. It's well, I say direct link. It's another tenuous link as I as I want to do. Um, because then you get the return of uh, Mr. Cox here, who we saw way back at the start of the week. Um, yeah, he pops in, and the, the actor who plays uh, you know Cox is a fellow called Barry Livingston, who was in um, he was Ernie Douglas. He was one of the twins in My Three Sons, like the old American sitcom. And of course, if you've seen the Cable Guy, you'll know that Chip Douglas is the alias which Jim Carrey uses uh, throughout that entire movie. <laughs> like he goes by Chip Douglas, and of course, so it's a reference to My Three Sons. Of course. Jim Carrey was the Riddler in Batman Forever. So there you go. There's a direct link between this minute and Batman Forever, kind of. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> he also uh, uh, yes. he was, um, I think there's another, oh no, because I know he was in, uh, we called Zoe, Duncan, Jack, and Jane with uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who was obviously in Cursed with Jesse Eisenberg. So there you go. There's another link between those guys. And uh, also, of course, you had the um, wasn't Jesse Eisenberg and Ben Stiller in a movie together? Was it he's way more famous than you? And uh, you know, Ben Stiller directed the Cable Guy, so there you go. There's another link as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. Now I used to love Zoe Duncan, Jack and Jane. Mm. Uh, I know that, but that's mostly I think because I'm just a huge fan of both Azura Sky and uh, Selma Blair. Oh yeah, the same, uh, same. I just yeah, wondered what ever happened to Zero Sky. She's like vanished off the face of the planet. Uh, I don't know. Wasn't she in that one episode of Buffy where she was like, um, I don't know, like a psychic or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think she's at the then Red Dragon. I think she's in that for like a scene. But then like yeah. both of those are like 
12 years ago or so. So it's like, it's been a while since she's been prominent. Uh, apparently recently she's been on an episode of Riverdale. Oh. So there you go. So she is definitely working. Good for Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously this is, you know, this is just the kind of like the setup for what is about to happen, which is, uh, you know, we've already what I like as well is, you know, we've seen the, the kind of the jump to the deposition. But in the flashbacks, we haven't seen the twins meet, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg yet. So it's a nice little bit of kind of foreshadowing, but then at the same time, it's like a it's foreshadowing in a flashback. So I don't know. That's we're into some kind of weird stuff. I don't know how you would describe that, but, but you know, in the past they haven't met, but we've already seen what's going to happen in the future. So I, I don't know. It's it's like I don't know. I think the kind of the structure of the, the this script is so well done that you don't realize that you know when you're watching it that basically the Winklevoss twins are suing someone they haven't actually met yet. Mm. Um, you know that's how the film has already set it up which is you know just a testament to how David Fincher handles uh, you know the different jumps between the the, the different continuities in this in this particular uh, in this particular film mm. um, so anyway I feel like we have said about as much as we possibly can about these minutes um, you know as always you know it's worth saying uh, you know thanks to uh, Star Wars uh, Minute for popularizing this particular format uh, that we are shamelessly ripping off here, um, <laughs> and uh, and from that we shall go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug now? Uh, well, talking about shamelessly ripping off Star Wars minutes, uh, I've done that myself with um, my friend John Parker. Where we're doing Bat minutes, where we're going through all the Batman movies from uh, the eighties and nineties, um, one minute at a time, and uh, yeah, you can find us on you know just by googling Bat minutes, but we're on you know Twitter and. Uh, Facebook, appropriate enough. We've got the Batman Listener's Cave on there, where people come and chat about the show and just anything Batman-related in general. And, uh, you know, we had loads of guests on the show. Have a good time. Darren's been on. And, of course, we'll be on again during the Batman Returns run, uh, which is the run we're currently in. So, uh, yeah, if, you, if that piques your interest, pop on pop on over whenever. And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute, on Twitter at social underscore minute, or on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest this week, Niall. Oh, anytime, Darren. Always, always happy to help out. And we will see you next week.